Hello, everyone. My name's Hank Sutala. And I'm Casey McBride. Yeah, and we're here bringing you another episode of Stir Crazy Shamans all about self-healing. Hello again, everyone. Um, we are here today, and Casey picked the topic, so I'm throwing him under the bus if you don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all about self-healing, which is a, a really, especially as someone in recovery, I've been sober like 12 years, it really came down to doing a lot of what we call cleaning house, inner work, and taking care of myself, being self-first, uh, and, and putting myself in a space where I was more more whole than, uh, than when I started. <laughs> Yeah, um, I was inspired to bring up this topic uh, in a very abrupt way um, yesterday. I was uh, out on a hike, and I was—I shared this story with Hank uh, yesterday. But um, uh, I was foraging for uh, wild ramps. Uh, this was about—I want to say—a week ago. And um, I always like to ask permission of the forest whenever I am going to take something away from the forest, uh, whether that's like ramps or like a stone that I feel called to use for healing or whatever that might be. And um, so I was harvesting these ramps, got the okay. And then I sort of got this feeling that um, maybe I should stop uh, after taking one of the ramps. But then all of a sudden I started thinking like, oh, but if I take like a few more, then I can use it for this part of the dish that I'm going to cook and all that. And so I ignored it. But then I felt like really kind of heavy after that. And I felt like that wasn't the right decision to make at the time. So anyway, uh, fast forward to a week later, which was yesterday. And I went back out to the forest again and uh, was just thinking, oh, yeah, you know, those uh, those ramps are probably going to be even better now. And um, not too long after I had that thought, I, there was a downed tree and I had to kind of like climb over the tree and uh, went to take a step and part of the tree that I thought was solid wasn't and it kind of crumbled away and I <laughs> fell really, really hard and twisted my ankle really bad. And um, so I stood up and uh, uh, so <laughs> funny enough, the first thing that came to my mind was thank you for whatever lesson you were trying to teach me. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess that shows a certain amount of awareness that I had in that moment. Um, but, uh, but then I, you know, I realized I needed to take time to um, work to clear out the energy of that physical trauma from that injury that just happened. Because when I first started to walk, I was limping really badly. I could barely even put weight on the ankle. Uh, but I stood there and I asked uh, my spirit guides, Mother Earth, nature source to work through me to help clear out. Um, any energy that may cause further pain injury uh, in that area. And so I just sat and worked with it, but I was like really uh, um, more intensely focused on the healing than I, uh, I had been in the past, I guess one, because I have been doing a lot of work to develop my uh, energy manipulation and manifestation abilities, but also because it really hurt. So I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta really clear this out so this doesn't become a problem in the future. And um, with just, I think, about five minutes of healing work, I was on my way and I had to went on a really long hike and was going uphill and everything and uh, no problems. And I know based on past experience that with that sort of uh, injury where I roll my ankle really bad like that, because I've done it a number of times, um, usually the day of isn't so bad, but I wake up that next day, like which would have been this morning, and I'm in a, a lot of pain and I can barely walk. 
And uh, that wasn't the case today. I woke up and I, I feel almost 100% fine. Um, but I did a lot of work to, to work and clear out any of the energy of the trauma associated with that injury. Um, so that sparked the topic of self-healing and how important and powerful it, it can be for us. Absolutely. And as healers, sometimes uh, we're our own, they say like, if you're a mechanic, you don't take care of your car. You know, if you're a <laughs> landscaper, you don't mow your own grass. And so sometimes healers, they forget that, you know, uh, you can take a moment, stop and actually work on yourself. Now we did have a question. Uh, thank you for joining us, Hazel. It's not quite on topic, but we're, we're all about going off topic. Uh, yeah. How did you know that you were a shaman? That's a good question. <laughs> um, I, would you want to go first? <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, uh, I believe I always was intuitive and I had a, like a natural connection with the spirit world. And it wasn't so much about um, uh, about knowing it. It was just that when it was time for me to get a little bit of context, uh, the universe provided me the opportunity to find my teacher, who's Don Zane Kerfman. Uh, but even before that, I've always had this intuitive knack to speak to the spirit world. And so there's some people that just have an innate uh, ability to have that dialogue and to be in, you know, in all three worlds at once. And there's other people that even if you don't have that, you could develop into that and uh, go through different initiations and exercises where you can develop that knowing and that ability to communicate. So funny enough, uh, a friend of mine and I, when we were really young, used to watch this show uh, it was a, uh, a cartoon, an anime uh, called, uh, I think it was called Shaman King. What's the name of it? Okay. Uh, and um, so uh, they they worked with, they had their spirit guides, but the whole point of it was like they did battle and it was just kind of like a fun thing. Um, but somehow that sparked in either me or him or both of us, the idea of traveling to the spirit world. And back then it was quite like, we believed in what we were doing, but at the same time, uh, it was just sort of play for fun. Um, but we would lie down and get really relaxed. And then we would go on these adventures with our spirit guides and uh, and do all this stuff and then come back. And sometimes we would share what we had experienced and it was like the same things we were seeing and feeling and all that. And um, uh, so, you know, time went by and I was programmed more and more to believe that that sort of thing was just imagination and had no real purpose. So I lost touch with that. Um, and then uh, years passed and I, um, after going through a really dark period in my life, started to um, suddenly have my energetic senses sort of open up very uh, abruptly and could see energy, communicate with spiritual beings, uh, became very sensitive to like feeling energy, all that stuff and discovered healing abilities. And one of the first uh, th subjects that I came across when researching like what the heck is happening to me uh, was shamanism. And uh, so found a book uh, about uh, shamanic journeying. I don't know how I found it. I think it was just at the local library. It was like one of the only books they had with the word shaman or shamanism in it. And um, I read the first couple chapters on like how to start journeying and then didn't even make it through the rest of the book, just started journeying on my own. And then I would start to have these experiences. Um, uh, like one, for example, was like merging with one of my uh, spirit guides. The first guide that I met was the snake. And um, the way we had like kind of our, our energies were deconstructed mm -hmm. and reconstructed and we like reformed into one and then back out again. And then I would go and look up about that experience that I just had and find that like they were experiences that shamans all over the world would have in their initiation to becoming 
uh, like a full-fledged shaman. Uh, so like they would have the experience, research it, and then they were like, yeah, that happens to shamans. And so, uh, you know, I, just, I guess that's how I knew I was a shaman was that I was having these experiences that were leading up to me becoming one and, and that other people who were called shamans also had those experiences. Right. And I know I've said this before that in the Kara tradition that I practice, that when you have a what's called a Yanapak, which is uh, seven different spirit beings, and the first of which is always called blooded traditionally an Amaru or a snake. So it's very coincidental <laughs> or not uh, that you had that. Now, Hazel shared, and this is coming into... Uh, Back to our topic of the day, self-healing, she was sharing that she's never met her spirit guides, but has tried meditations, but always fall asleep. So everybody's met their guides, whether or not you have a conscious awareness of your guides is another question. And if you're falling asleep or you're having some sort of block from meeting that, then sometimes it's because uh, we might not have done some work on ourselves that's going to open up that line of communication. Now, Casey was talking about physical healing. There's also what I call cleaning house, getting rid of all the boulders, all the energetic gunk that might prevent you from going from here and tapping into that divine spark within things where you have fear, anger, resentment, guilt, anything that's unloving to yourself or to another that could have created this, uh, what we call in shamanism, hucha, this heaviness. And as we start to process this hucha and heaviness, that tunnel, if you want to think of it as a tunnel or that path, that way to, the, it, to go inward, uh, gets cleared out and creates a more, uh, j just an easier time of it, of actually connecting and having a conscious relationship with your guides. Mm -hmm. And as far as uh, trying to meditate and falling asleep, um, uh, sometimes we have the uh, I don't know the wrong attitude towards meditation. Like people want to, want to go in really deep, is what they say, right? Like I want to go into a deep meditative state. And so what they think they need to do in order to get into that deep meditative state is to like just zone out and become as super relaxed as possible. And like being relaxed is necessary to do a lot of this work. But you also on on top of being relaxed need to have a very intense focus about it. Um, and the trance state isn't is. You, is sort of useless unless you do have that focus. Um, and so if you're falling asleep, obviously I would say you're not focused enough. And so I would do more meditation in the, in term, uh, like with mindfulness where you're not trying to go into a deep trance state, but instead you're developing your ability to be super present on something extremely simple, which can just be your, your breath or a particular point on your body or like a one thing you're looking at, just place all of your focus and attention there. And then when your mind wanders, just gently bring your attention back. And that sort of mindfulness meditation can develop your ability to focus, which will then translate over into the focus you need when you are in that relaxed trance state so that you can communicate with your guides or do whatever work you're trying to do. And Hazel was sharing that she's certified in Reiki. If you do Reiki, there's different techniques. Like you could do, um, I believe it's the Geishi Ho, where like you have you sit with a soft gaze, uh, and you could do this at night in front of a mirror, just with kind of low lights, and you sit with a soft gaze and you kind of look back at yourself. And there's this process called transfiguration, where you might actually see the overlay of your guide, like over your face, and that's one way that you can start to have a little bit of an experience with your guide or other other uh, spirits that might be out there to contribute to you. Mm. And it's a, it, it, wonderful that this topic has come up. I just, a little self plug here. Uh, I, I just made a video and did a meditation uh, in the past few days. One was a channeled message from spirit asking how those of us who are interested in communicating with their guides can start to go about doing so. Uh, and then the other one, I did a meditation on meeting your power animal and connecting with your power animal. Power animal is the word I use 
helping spirit, uh, animal spirit, animal guide, whatever you want to call it. Um, but uh, so those are two, a med two videos, meditation and a message from spirit that I would recommend really checking out. And that's on Shaman's Way, um, which really quick, I can yep, that logo mind. right there. <laughs> um, if you go to YouTube, uh, type in Shaman's Way, you'll see that logo, uh, subscribe, and then the videos are there. You can check those out if you want also. Yep. Um, but in terms of uh, some practical things you can do, one is to really realize that uh, we're much more, like Hank said, we're much more aware of our guides than uh, most people give themselves credit for or recognize or validate in their mind. And uh, example I can give is when I'm working with people, teaching them to communicate with their guides, we sit down and I go, I'll ask something like, okay, um, what do your guides look like? I, go, I don't know, I've never met them before, I have no idea. So then, I, you know, help them to relax a little bit. Maybe I'll do a couple exercises to sort of get them outside of their like normal mind frame. Uh, but really the exercises are unimportant, but then I sort of shift the energy of it. And instead I say, if you could imagine what your guides would look like, if you could see them, what would they look like? And then people sit down and they start describing in great detail. Okay, well, there's this big guy over here and he's got this beard and he's like got a cane and then this is what his clothes look like. And then there's a wolf. It's like really big with like this gray patch and, and they're describing in like really great detail what these guys look like. And, and, and I can see energy. So almost hundred percent of the time that was what their guides looked like. And, um, uh, so yeah, so it's, we, we just, we block ourselves. We tell ourselves that we can't, and we have the limiting belief that it's some big feat that we have to train for ages and ages in order to accomplish, uh, or, or we have to have some sort of experience in order to finally meet with our guides when really we're most of the time already aware of them, or it's just a really simple process of sort of relaxing and focusing. Uh, we can already see them. And I have a friend who um, they were getting information from their guide, but they never listened to it, you know? And so it's like, if you, if you are getting uh, kind of tapped on the shoulder and you're getting these inspirations from your guides and you're not taking the inspiration, then sometimes it might feel like you're not having a connection, but you, you're actually getting the inspiration. It might not seem like it's from a guide. It might be just thinking it's a divine inspiration, but uh, taking what they're giving you so that they could then give you more. I kind of use that example of those self-dispensing uh, food dishes for pets. It's like, well, the food's there. Spirit's been waiting for you to have it so they could give you more but you're just never taking it and so that's another part of it is like start to use what they're already contributing to you uh, so it opens up the floodgate that they could give you a ton of additional contribution in other areas so i'm going to bring up a topic that relates into exactly what you were saying but can kind of help to explain it a little bit more for the um logically minded or scientifically minded people um, when learning about lucid dreaming, for those of you who aren't interested, a brief explanation, lucid dreaming is when you're aware of the fact that you're in a dream while you're dreaming. So you know you're in the dream and then you can consciously start to do things since you're aware of the fact that it is a dream. Um, uh, but one of the first steps in learning to lucid dream is that you need to improve your dream recall. So basically the, the idea behind it is you could be having tons of lucid dreams every night, but when you wake up, you don't remember them. And dream recall is a skill just like any other skill. And so like when we learn to play the piano, you sit down and you play your scales over and over again, and you're telling your subconscious mind that this particular motion with my fingers associated with the piano is important. So your brain works on that to rewire itself and your muscles and your memory in order to be able to do that with ease and effort. Same thing when you're learning to do lucid dreaming. 
What you do is uh, whatever way you're able to remember even a fraction of a dream, if you just wake up in the morning for a second, you focus on that. Think about it, try and remember it, write it down, talk to your friends about it. Um, all of these things that we're doing by, by taking physical action to write about a dream, by speaking out loud to other human beings, and by focusing on it a lot and trying to remember it, we're giving the message to our subconscious mind, this is important to me and I want more of this. And the subconscious mind hears that and goes, okay, we're gonna rewire ourselves so that now all that information we were dumping out is not gonna be dumped out and you're gonna remember it. So same thing happens in spirit when we are learning to communicate with our guides. If we're receiving little signs and messages and all the time we just go, yeah, well, I was just making that up or was that really real? I don't <laughs> We're sending the signal, that's not important, just dump it, I don't want it. And so we're not gonna get any more of it or we're gonna get less and less until we don't notice anything at all. Um, but if on the opposite side of that, we, you receive a little thing that you, at first, you, I think that was communication from my guides. I'm not 100% sure, but I think that it was. If we go, oh, thank you, that was communication from my guides. That's awesome, what does it mean? And then talk to other people, write it down, write it in a journal, whatever it is you need to do. You're now taking action and putting it out there to your subconscious mind and to spirit that this is important, this is what I'm focusing on, this is what I want, and the more energy and attention you give it, the more of that you'll receive in the same way we retrain the subconscious mind for certain skills. Just a little trick for abundance building too. One of the things in access is to have an honoring review account, like a 10% account and every month, every time you get a paycheck, any anything you make from anywhere, you first thing you do is take 10% of that and put it as an honoring of you. And then you start paying your bills. Because if, if, if the same rule of priority works the way Casey is saying, like imagine you're going out and you're always thinking you never have enough. And the first thing you have to do is pay all the bills and still have bills left to pay. You never said a bunch is important to you by setting, taking a little bit and being grateful and setting it aside. So having a like an honoring of you, anything you're doing, make sure you're prioritizing and giving some attention and gratitude to the things that you want to receive more of, and then say, how does it get any better than this? Hmm. And the gratitude is a huge part of it. That's a, a way to really send the powerful message that whatever it is, is important and you want more of it. Um, it's this thank you, those words, thank you. And, and whatever way you want to say it, but really feeling the energy behind it and being truly grateful for the little bit of communication we are getting or the abundance. That's what people say, right? They, you know, they, they want to manifest a million dollars but the $500 they have in their bank account, they're not grateful for at all. They're like, well, that's, I'm broke. But if you, and it may be a hard thing to do in the moment, but for that $500 that you do have, if you can be grateful, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then someone, you know, your whatever you work, you get a paycheck, you know, even if, even if you, someone somehow just hands you $20, you know, in the grand scheme of things, $20 might not be a lot, but thank you, thank you for that, whatever amount, it doesn't matter. If you're grateful for money, you're going to receive more money. But if you have no gratitude at all, how do you expect to manifest more financial abundance? You need to be grateful for what you have. And then you send the universe, whatever that thing I'm grateful for is, that's what I want more of. And it will continue to give you more. Right. And the looping it back in for the self-healing and now kind of talking about connecting with intuition and spirit guides as a, an aside for that. Because mm -hmm. uh, uh, you guys know I'm always about the question if you've been watching us for any any length of time. So the, the two the two questions could ask is, what what am, where am I judging myself? Oh, yes. Uh, where am I judging myself that it would make it wrong or inappropriate or or something, there's some something around judgment with that. Like, where am I judging myself that might create a block for me to be able to have this relationship with my guides? Hmm. Ooh, ooh. Because a lot of times we have the point of view that we need a medium or some other person to be 
the go-between between us and someone else. So where have we judged ourselves as not being able to have that direct connect? Yeah, and it is. It's a judgment we've placed on ourselves. It's not... Uh, or, or that we accepted from our parents because who, who, how many people right. had an imaginary friend that was probably a spirit guide and mom and dad says, well, that's just in your head, honey. And then we align and agree with it. And so yep. now that was just in our head. And now that's our experience was, so let's undo all the places where we had these places that we agreed with a point of view or judgment and accepted it as true for us when actually it was bullshit and it wasn't true for us. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I mean, that's a whole other topic we could get into, but we're, um, just the idea of, oh, yeah, you know, time to start, st stop playing with your imaginary friends, you know, time to focus on the real world. And, uh, oh, it's all, you know, don't let your imagination run away with you, all that stuff. Those are all um, uh, ways that, in, in essence, we're, we're being controlled uh, and we're being uh, taught that, uh, how, to, how to put it in a way that doesn't sound like I'm talking about a conspiracy theory here. <laughs> um, We'll control through conditioning and that's how people grew up and they learned i mean this is just in a process that we've been slowly unpacking ourselves to be more and more of who we are over time and now we're on the fast track because as we flatten the curve of the coronavirus we're increasing the curve of consciousness yes <laughs> increase the curve of consciousness. yeah yeah the contagion of con uh, consciousness <laughs> <laughs> too soon for that maybe <laughs> oh um uh, well, speaking of self-healing, and, and since we're on the topic of guides also and tying the two together, um, whether or not you have a clear line of communication with your guides, whether you're aware of them consciously or not, we can always ask our guides to heal us, whether it, we have physical pain and problems we need healing from, or they're mental, emotional, whatever it might be. We can always ask our guides to help us, and they are more than willing and ready to help with whatever healing we need uh, we do have to ask you know they're not gonna i mean they will to a certain degree but they need our conscious invitation to come in and begin to start to work with us and you'd be amazed uh sit down uh, like a lot of people experience anxiety um and i've had this ex i've had a lot of experience with anxiety myself uh but i know that if, if i lay down and i ask my guides you know hey uh help to work with me clear whatever this is that's causing this uh you know uh, help me to feel more grounded, peaceful, calm. Uh, and then, you know, my guides are, yep, or we've been waiting for you to ask. And then they jump in and, you know, within a few minutes, they've done the work to help me to feel very calm and uh, and, and peaceful. And um, that's worked with physical injuries. Um, it's worked with any number of things, but um, it's so often we just don't ask, you know, we, uh, <laughs> you know, like the ankle thing, so many times in the past when I've done, had a similar injury or something like that, I just, you know, I'm sitting there not asking for help and in pain. And then it might be like three days into it when I'm like, oh, crap, this really sucks. And then finally ask, hey, guides, can you help to work and heal this? And then, you know, within a short period of time, they're always able to, if not completely get rid of it, they, they at least will help immensely in reducing the pain or whatever it might be. But we may ask. Just saying hello to Yasmin, who said hi. Uh, Hazel's also saying that they are. she's developing her psychic and mediumship abilities. Um, Ona just said hello and that she shared. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank uh, you. And one of the things, too, that I think sticks us from a very young age when it comes to self-healing and connecting with guides is this... Oh, I just was starting to lose the thought. Come back, thought. Come back, thought. Um, 
oh, the, like the idea of having this res resistance to receiving gifts from people or contribution from people. I remember as a kid, like, oh, no, don't want to accept that from them. What will you have to do in return? Almost like there's always a quid pro quo. If you receive, then you have to do something. And we have sometimes there's there's like pure kindness, like our guides and, uh, and things. They want to just give for the the love of giving and being a contribution for you but there's a this underlying subconscious or other than conscious energy that sometimes says well no i, I don't want to receive anything because i don't want to uh, create an obligation that i need to do something in return and we learn that at a very young age so some of it is too like not having resistance to opening up to spirit because oh man what am i going to have to do in return for it there's nothing you have to do. You might choose to pay it forward in ways, uh, but in the end of the day, uh, these are things that your guys just really want to give to you, but we've been almost trained. You got to do it on your own. The only way you get it done right is if you do it yourself. And we start to cut ourselves off from receiving from all the different areas that we could receive from. Something that just kind of clicked is, um, and, I and I think in some way it may contribute to uh, the unhealthy ideas people have around exactly what you were talking about. But we always, like at least in uh, the West, like in movies and things and songs even, uh, we hear about people like selling their soul to the devil, right? Yeah. <laughs> so like they make a deal with, with the devil and it's like, you know, they receive some immense fame or power or wealth or something, but in return, like they're in, in like a, a slave to Satan or something like that. And um, I'm not saying that like there are a lot of people that might actually believe in that to date, but um, those stories get embedded in our subconscious. And so we may have that idea through not, maybe not that exact kind of story, but other similar stories that become, oh, you know, if I uh, receive anything really uh, important and valuable, there has to be some kind of intense payment for it. So yeah, that can cause us to hesitate, especially when reaching out to spiritual beings for help. Um, so, you know, uh, you don't need to identify exactly where uh, and uh, the indoctrinations came from, uh, but we can become aware of the energy of, of where those blockages are as a result of them. Uh, and that's just really tuning in, becoming aware of our energy field. And uh, and then we can ask and allow the correct energy to flow to help to release that. Ooh. And one thing coming through right now, too, is how many of us have created the perfect trap that no matter how close we get to meeting our guides and being free, then there's always something else, right? And what <laughs> is it really? It's, all, it's the fear about really like if we are a hundred percent of who we truly could be being judged for that so no matter how close we get there's always something else oh i made a deal with a demon in a past life and you know or i made whatever the case is there's always one more thing instead of really dealing with the underlying energy of the issue is i'm afraid to be me because oh my gosh if somebody judges me for me i can't handle that so it's coming down to self acceptance self-allowance really i don't like the word acceptance to being in the space of self-allowance where you don't really give a crap what anybody else thinks because you're going to be you and what they think doesn't matter because it's mattering that you're being in self-allowance yeah and and really developing the relationship with ourselves and turning inward and discovering the love for ourselves is uh the antidote to uh, I think most of the problems that we experience, especially like mental, emotional distress, disease, um, if we can start to develop a loving relationship with ourselves, then uh, that's, I think, the most magical healing journey that we can embark on. 
So, yeah. And, and if you're getting information and you're in doubt of it being from an aspect of divinity that isn't, uh, you know, the vibration you would choose, I'm trying to avoid saying right and wrong, right? Uh, so, like, if you're getting, like, inspirations and you're not sure if it's really of the light, quote unquote, uh, there's like a test that you can use. It's from the Oxford group and then was borrowed by AA. It's called the four absolutes where whatever the guidance is, is it loving? Is it selfless? Is it honest? Is it pure? And if it checks out with all those things, that means that you can be in the totality of that beingness without it impacting or being at the expense of another aspect of divinity. Cause that's really the difference between self first and self first and selfish is one is you're advocating for yourself, but doing so at the expense of another aspect of divinity, that's where it's selfish because now you're impacting somebody else's, um, place where they're at. Makes sense. I think mm. it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that resonated. It was kind of flowing through quick. So, yeah. oh, so you've got a question here. Maybe I can put this up. Um, how can we start to love ourselves more? Um, how can we start to love ourselves more? Well, I almost feel like I'm going to channel a message for that one. Do we have time or no? Um, or well, and I can always hop off and you can finish up because you have the board now, right? Oh, I do. So, yeah. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, I have a part-time gig. One day a week, I work doing investments in the corporate world. So I actually cut it down from four days. Now I'm down to one day. And probably before we know it, I'll be done completely. But um, I'm on the clock technically, so we're doing this on my little half-hour break. So if we go over, I'll drop off in case he can wrap up. Okay. So, um, Hazel, I'm going to hold that. I like that question a lot. So I'm going to wait. If you stick around for a little bit uh, after Hank is off, I'm going to channel a message uh, asking that question. Oh, that's even better. That way we could all have to dive into the time I'm here. And yeah, cool. So hang out, Hazel, and we'll get that. Uh, he'll channel a message for you. <laughs> and I'll give you a question for that. So the, the question would be, because uh, it's always being this precedes doing this. Like If you're trying to do something in order to be something, you'll never have that, at least not in any long duration because you're looking for something external to yourself to fill something that's only can be fulfilled really from an internal type of thing. Uh, so, so the question would be what energy, space, consciousness, and choice could your body being and beyond be to have more of you in total love and allowance than you've ever had before. And anything that doesn't allow that just have the willingness, what energy, whatever energy that comes up with uh, without the need to unpack the shit. Cause you don't have to go through your shit again in order to let it go right? It's spiritual human in transition. You don't have to look, dig through it anymore, but whatever that energy is, just however you want to hand it off, either whether you're giving it to the earth or asking a guide to take it, whatever the energy is that's coming up, that's preventing that, just a willingness to let it go and not have it be an, a part of your immediate experience enough, is enough for it to shift and move. Mm, love it. Oh, I'm starting to get, my guides are starting to talk to me about the, the question of how to love ourselves. Go, go run with it. Man. If it's coming through, just go with it. Um, well, I, no, I really want to save that. I want to go into trance and save that. That's a, okay. <laughs> You're torturing um, yourself. You know? I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, uh, well, real quick, I guess, just since we are getting close to the half hour mark. Uh, oh, no, I still have 10 minutes because I, I combined a break and my lunch or whatever. So I got nine minutes and four, 15 seconds. Oh, perfect. And then if I accidentally go over a minute, I'm sure that, I mean, if they did fire me, I wouldn't care. So it wouldn't really matter. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, in, as far as self-healing, uh, really developing the relationship with ourselves is going to translate to healing on all levels. So yeah, begin to focus on, uh, firstly, who, who you are. You know, um, if, it, like Hank was saying, uh, if you're not comfortable being you, 
um, you know, maybe you'd need to tap in, tune in, and uh, begin to question who are you in the first place, and do you really know <laughs> who you are? Because a lot of people can give an answer very easily. A lot of people will see you know, this one thing. A lot of people might say, if you ask, who are you? So you know, I'm Casey. You know? uh, but is that true? Are, are you your Are you your name? If you had a different name, would you be a, Would you not be you? Um, I don't think so. <laughs> um, a so rose then, by any brother name is still a rose, right? Is that right. Shakespeare quote? Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, so, uh, but I think, uh, again, my guides have been talking about that. So uh, I sh maybe I should just do it. Maybe I should just start channeling. Well, and to, to play off that a little bit too, like who you are, I mean, that's from coming from a place of being. Uh, anything you try to describe in words, you're already diminishing that which you are. So it's like something that you're really ponder or not even ponder that you step into the space to have the experience with that and if you go back to our easter message um like on sunday we just did a real quick i think it was like 15 minutes 20 minutes uh somewhere in there on sunday we came on and we did like one channel message and i walked everybody through an exercise called pop the pop bow and it is this process of popping your energy field just for a moment so you can have the experience of just being you and then the bubble forms back and then uh connections of love still form, but it get, gets rid of all the little CK lines and cords and stuff like that that might be um, tagged on from the person that you brushed with against the wall that was a jerk or whatever. It gets rid of all that stuff and you can just experience you for a moment and go back and watch that. That's a great little resource uh, for you too. But mm -hmm. yeah, if you're, if you're gonna just channel the message, man, stop resisting. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, well, one thing I did wanna say before I do that though is uh, if you, feel called to learn more about um, healing in general. There's so uh, so much information out there. There's so many modalities uh, that a person could learn. So, you know, use the internet. We've got it, start researching. And now there's more people than ever um, offering free uh, uh, healing exercises, et cetera, while we're in this uh, quarantine. So it's a great opportunity to begin to uh, learn about that stuff. And yeah. uh, there's this yeah, real good one on this channel called Shaman's Way. There's <laughs> <laughs> like all these meditations and stuff. Okay, yeah, so wonderful. <laughs> and the shamanic journeying the guy does, it's a, sort of does a hybrid between shamanic journeying and guided meditations. And uh, uh, I've heard from other people that they're really powerful experiences. So check those out for yeah. sure. And one thing I'll post too, like our teacher, um, Zane Kerfman, uh, we, we we're starting an apprenticeship this weekend, but because of the stay-at-home order, we're coming out with like a six-week virtual one. So if shamanism calls to you, I just posted a link in the comments for, it's like a six-week series. Uh, it's going to start on the new moon on April 23rd and go for six weeks, but it's called, um, it's basically you'll build a Tawantan Mesa, uh, which means Four Corners Mesa, and it's just kind of like an introduction into the work. And then, of course, we have other things. So a little shameless plug for that, too. And Hazel, we are on YouTube also. Um, in the description for the event, we have a link to the stir crazy shaman youtube channel but i will while casey gets into the space i will get your youtube channel and i'll post it for shaman's way yeah yeah that was the channel we were talking about with the uh, shamanic meditations that's my youtube channel shaman's way um he's going to post the link but the logo looks like that um so if you type in shaman's way on youtube you can find it there and subscribe uh, but he'll post a link directly to it also um <laughs> So yeah, did you want me to go ahead and get it? Yeah, go ahead. I'll I'll post a link, and then if uh, if you go over, I will just hop off, and you can talk to yourself. 
Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right. Um, so, well, you can talk for a second as I get myself into the space for this. So here is the link to Shaman's Way. And uh, Hazel, you said that your dad always identified it as a shaman. Shaman is an umbrella word, and it really is referring to one specific tradition from the Siberian region of Russia. And then it's just been kind of used as um, like a catch-all word for any native tradition. So whether it's a Lakota medicine man, someone from like a Bushman from Africa or the Karo tradition of Peru like I practice, it all falls under that umbrella of shamanism. But the, cons uh, the things that are consistent across all of them is that all shamans believe that there's this animating life essence that we're all a part of. So even a rock is consciousness. It's all part of that animated life essence. And then the shaman acts as a bridge, as uh, Casey would say, a, a bridge between the world. So they're accessing things from the Hanukpacha, the upper world, the Uhupacha, the lower world, and uh, expressing that in and interacting in the Kaipacha, the middle world, bringing all that together. So that's kind of like the, the ins and outs of what a shaman, quote unquote, is by definition. And I'm, oh, I almost posted the same link twice. Let me grab the right link for Shaman's Way. Okay. My spirit guides, my guardian angels, my ancestors, my plant guides, my animal guides, my star family, my guides of all shapes, forms, and sizes. Please be with me now. Work with me, in me, through me. Help me to be a hollow bone, a more perfect vessel for your wisdom, your words, and your healing energy to flow through. I ask now for the betterment of all of us. How can we learn to love ourselves more? This message is coming from uh, the angel who I call Sheila. She's uh, my closest angel guide. We're all very close, but particularly with her. Learning to love yourself is less about learning to have a new experience and more about unlearning the ideas around love that you might have. First ask yourself, what do you mean by love? If the only concept you have of love is the type of relationships you may have experienced with a romantic partner, know that this may or may not be the kind of experience you're looking to have with yourself. So then might people look at other forms of love, the love between a mother and child. And this is a very beautiful, pure form of love. But even this is different than the kind of love that we're talking about. When learning to love yourself, we are learning to have a true experience of ourself. And what does that mean? If the only ideas and concepts you have around yourself and who you are exist within your mind and your emotional or physical body, then you've never consciously experienced yourself. And here's where a great paradox lies. We are all 
always oneness. We are all always source. We are all always pure divine consciousness. So in truth, we are always aware of our true divine nature. And yet, somehow, while we are here having this physical experience and experiencing life through the ego, it seems as though we're not aware. We feel very unaware of our divine nature, even though it is our divine nature that's creating the experience. So go within, ask yourself, who am I really? You're not your thoughts. You're not your emotions. You're not your body. Who were you if all of these things were not to exist? Become aware. Feel the awareness itself. The underlying awareness is the space that allows for all of these things to be, the mind, the body, the emotions. And even your spirit, even your spirit, the energy body underneath the physical body that animates it and allows it to move, which is, or said to be closer to source, that also is not you. You are beyond or prior to, or even simpler and yet more profound than that. Remove everything remove all ideas, remove all sensations, remove your sight, your hearing, your smell, your sense of touch, your taste. Remove everything, even just for a moment, or imagine what it would be like if you could. And experience that silence. And in that silence is you. But as soon as you have an idea around what that silence is, you're no longer in the true experience of it. And at first, you may only be able to glimpse it for a fraction of a second. But in time, you'll realize that you're actually always experiencing reality from that space of silence. You are the space which experiences your thoughts, your emotions, your ideas. But in recognizing that silence within ourselves, we realize that it is the same silence in every single being, in every rock, in every tree, in every human, in every animal, in every planet, in every solar system, every star, every galaxy in the universe is also that exact same silence, that consciousness, that one underlying field of awareness that allows for all things to be. We are the space. So how do we love ourselves more? By recognizing that we are all there is. All the beauty in the universe is the exact same thing as you. And when you begin to recognize that every cell in your body is no more separate from you than the stars in the farthest expanses of the universe. A real power comes through there and you realize that love either for yourself or for other people is really the recognition of the divine, seeing the divine through form. It is you recognizing yourself in your physical form or through others. 
So touch that which underlies all of the ideas first, all of the energies, which is prior to everything. Recognize that you are that space, even if just for a moment, and allow that to grow. Be in that space as much as you can. And your sense of self-love and the love of all things around you will grow immensely. But find that first. Thank you, Casey. I had to stand for the whole thing because it was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. And, and uh, a prayer to offer if you're going into that space. Uh, I got this from um, one of the sponsors in the program, but they call it the set-aside prayer. Uh, so when you go in to have an experience with your guides or anything else, you start with gratitude. I give thanks for the air in my lungs, the food in my stomach, the clothing on my back, and the shelter over my head, and especially for the space to get together and meet in this way. And then you ask source, God, life, whatever you want, word you want to give it. You ask, help me set aside everything I think I know about beingness, about healing, about living, about spirituality, the universe, the secrets, about it all, especially about you, source, that I might have an open mind and experience the truth. Because that's really what it comes down to is getting into that space and having the experience of it, even just for a moment. And just that experience is enough for you to to start to, to sprout that divine seed within that we call in shamanism the muhukoya, the seed of divine potential right behind the navel. They say in shamanism, your navel is the only thing that's real and everything else is woven into the illusion. <laughs> and so to get to that space where you you have that oneness and that stillness and that silence and you just germinate that seed and then all that potential can flower out into your everyday waking experience and the duality. Thank you. That was wonderful. Yeah, welcome. I think we take team channel there, maybe. <laughs> cool. uh, I'm going to hop off, or do? Uh, you, are we? Uh, if you, I don't know if you still wanted to talk. I do need to hop off. If I, I think that was a great point to wrap it up. Okay, great. Well, then, everybody, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, we will be on tomorrow. I think 9:30. We'll post the time, but we are doing this every day, even if it's uh, just for a little bit. Uh, during this time, just to offer a little bit of experience, strength, and hope. Any final comment, Casey? I uh, just want to say thank you so much to everyone for uh, watching. Uh, thank you for your energy, and thank you so much for interacting today, asking questions, and being a part of this, because we really want this to be an open dialogue with everyone, and we would we want to talk about the things that you're interested in. It's, we're here uh, to help all of you. I mean, we love talking to each other. We could do it all day. But the reason <laughs> we're doing it on a live stream is uh, is uh, to benefit everyone. So yes, thank you so much for all of your interactions uh, during this live stream today. I thank you so much for that. Thank you, everybody. Nike and Nike and Nike. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.